Hello Spartan family. My name is Dave Spencer, the proud principal of Turpin High School. Welcome to Turpin Talk, where the purpose is to introduce you to different students and staff members. Each week our guests will have the opportunity to share a little bit about themselves and let you in on who they are and what they are about. Today we have the great opportunity to talk with Mr. Jake Getz, one of our social studies teachers here at Turpin High School. Mr. Getz, welcome to Turpin Talk. Thanks, looking forward to it. Well, we appreciate you being here. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start by sharing with our community just a little bit about yourself, maybe your journey uh, that brought you here to, to Turpin and, and the things that you're involved in part of. Sure. Um, I'm originally from Columbus, so I was a big Ohio State fan. So this is recorded the Tuesday after <laughs> the first loss to Michigan in a, a decade, so that's a rough spot. Um and then I uh, went to college in Miami and then got the job here, straight out of college. So that, that's how I arrived. And this is your it's my 15th, 15th year? 15th year. We're all getting old, aren't we? I know. It's bizarre. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, um, talk to me as far as what made you want to become a social studies teacher. Where did that passion or drive? Was it just to become a teacher and you had an interest in social studies? Uh, was there a long line of educators in your family that pushed you that way? How, how did that happen? Yeah, good question. My, my grandpa was a principal, and so it was kind of in the back of my mind, but that I don't think that had a big influence on me. Um, in high school, I either wanted to do teaching or be a journalist. I was really big into sports journalism. The newspaper, the student newspaper was a big deal at my high school, and I was editor-in-chief of that. And so I was either OU for journalism or Miami for teaching. Those are my options. And I, I knew that I wanted to have a family one day, even, I think, I even knew this in high school senior, you know. Um, I felt like if I had gone into newspaper writing or just sports journalism in general, I feel like there's a ton of moving around and bizarre hours. And um, I, was like, I don't know if that would be the most you know, conducive job for me and my desires at that point. So then it was teaching. And then I'd figure out which subject. So then I, I was between English and social studies. And I felt like I could take a lot of the things I liked from that appealed to me as an English teacher and apply those to social studies. Don't tell the English teachers. I, I hated poetry. I cannot <laughs> handle poetry. I guess I was too dense or whatever. I don't know. But I'm guessing so you're I, not alone in that. <laughs> we do a general survey of our student population. Sure, sure. So that, that was enough. That steered me to social studies. And so now I teach a bunch of different elective classes. And it's fun. 16 years now in the profession. Um, when you go home each day and you reflect, um, and you go to bed and you get up in the morning, what is it that keeps you wanting to come back for more with that same energy, that same drive, uh, that same excitement uh, of, of coming to work? Yeah, that's a good question. I would, I would say it's, it's primarily like student relationships. Classroom dynamic is super fun to me and, and seeing academic growth, but also kind of social growth in students and some of the you know, the soft skills, I think they're called, of, of speaking in front of their peers and working with others. Like, I like incorporating those things. Um, <laughs> this might sound bad. I, I like the content that I teach, but it's not the content that, like, drives me. You know, the, those, the, the content of my classes is interesting to me, genuinely, uh, but it's not, it's not the driving force for me. And I think that's what makes you a good teacher. Mm -hmm. Because the foundation to me, and I've said this often um, to any learning, has to be those the relationships that you develop with those students. Yeah. Uh, without those relationships, without those connections, 
learning is going to be limited, um, I believe, for them to be motivated. And, and, it, and it, obviously, we're in a very fortunate situation um, with our with our school in Turpin. We have lots of kids that are motivated and have goals and aspirations. Yeah, um, for them to achieve at a high level, it starts out with that teacher and that relationship with that teacher. Um, and their interest in coming to that class, their interest in having those conversations and putting themselves out there, uh, that can only be sparked by, by the teacher of, of that class. Um, and so yeah. and you do a, an incredible job of that. Um, one thing that I've um, been in awe about with you um, is your passion about diversity um, and your passion um, about um, making sure everyone is included and feels um, welcome and a part um, of your class. And it's not something that you just talk about. It's something you actually live with your own family. I mean, yeah. um, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but you actually moved um, to try and put yourself in a neighborhood uh, that was more diverse, to expose your children uh, yeah. um, to that. And even the nucleus of your family has become more diverse over it sure the has. years. Yeah. Um, I guess share with me um, and our community why that's so important and, and where uh, that where that came from and where that interest and passion started from. Sure. Man, that's, that's a loaded question. It's loaded and deep. <laughs> um, I, I think I've always had, at least in my adult life, a, a desire just to try to see things from other people's perspectives and, and other diverse perspectives. Um, part of that is just natural. I think part of that is, is my personal faith, too. I think that's a driving force. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, we, my wife and I... Um, we had two biological daughters, and then we decided that we wanted to adopt. And so we looked at the different avenues of adoption from international to domestic. And long story short, felt like neither of those were going to be great fits for us. And so we dove into the foster care world, which is a whole different <laughs> element of, of reality that I had ever seen or experienced before. Uh, so, yeah, so we... we uh, became foster parents in, I don't even remember, 2013, I think. Yeah, 2013. Um, and we had two foster sons placed with us who were not related to each other. And then they both went back to their respective families after four and seven months. Um, and then we said yes to another placement of two biological brothers. And so those, long story short, tons of ups and downs. That's Deshaun and Jeremiah, who are two, two sons. Um, and like like you alluded to, they're both African American, and so that has um, obviously it's it's opened our eyes, it's changed our family dynamic. Um, there are things that that they will experience for better and for worse due to the color of their skin. Um, so constantly learning about that, um, trying to put them in places like you said where they are in a, a racial majority situation not in every walk of life, but at least sometimes, has been really important to us. Yeah. Well, that, again, that's incredible and how lucky um, those two boys are to, to have such a, a stable and wholesome um, environment that is so conscientious of, of them and who they are and making sure that they feel um, welcome and included as part of your family. Sure. Um, um, and then your daughters, too. You know, what, what uh, a great... How great is that for them, you know, to have um, those two as part of the family now, and, yeah. and, and it's helping mold them to who they're going to be. So. Yeah, yeah, we're we're a quirky, <laughs> goofy family, but I think it's 
But it's a good way to, to put our money where our mouth was, too. If yeah. like, we talk about these ideals and principles, um, and we felt like for us that adopting through the foster care system was a good way to, to live out those ideals and principles. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's transition to something that may be a little lighter, not so much... Um, um, personal deep but um, I, I do believe I remember in college uh, you, you dabbled in a, in, a, in a sport up there uh, with, <laughs> was, was that rugby it was it was talk, talk about that because that's not just something you know in, in Cincinnati we have a you know a well-known sport you know you see it every now and then on on, on TV but to talk about rugby and and how you got exposed to that and that experience yeah yeah so for whatever reason when I was in high school Rugby was a big sport, so it was a club sport, uh, which back then meant that there were, there were guys on the team from three different high schools, and our team was always really good, not just the one year when I played. I didn't play until <laughs> my senior year. We were the Westerville Worms. That was our mascot. Quite, quite the name. Super intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then we would go and whoop people. So it was, I don't know if that added insult to injury, but like, oh, you just lost, and you lost to the Worms, you know? Um, so that's where I first started playing. And I, I loved it. I, I've played soccer um, essentially all my life, then got cut from the soccer team my junior year. I was like, oh, wallowing in misery, and what should I do senior year? It's like, I'll play football. So I played football for the first time. So I have very limited football experience, obviously. But of, of those sports I played, rugby is the most fun. It's, it's a great combination of, like, kind of the speed and pace of soccer, but still the physicality of football. Um, you have to think a lot. There are very few scripted plays, or at least you start with a scripted play and then end up kind of ad-libbing. So again, it's kind of a mix of soccer, you know, the strategic side of football and then the thinking on your feet of soccer too. So, To me, it just reminds me of playing hot potato when you're trying to just <laughs> absolutely hammer and demolish the guy with the potato. Yeah, there are some weird-looking plays. And, and for the life of me, you know, in football, you have to have pads and helmets to protect the body. There really isn't much protection no. going on there. Although that means there are fewer injuries because then you're not going to be leading with well. your head because you don't have a helmet on your head. Well, uh, right? and that was my next question. It does seem like there are, you know, there's some, you know, some bloody and battered individuals there I'm are. sure that come out of there. But there as far as injuries, it does seem like, um, from what I've seen and, and researched and know of it, um, less concussions. It's at least yeah, it's less head injuries. Yeah. Probably more like broken bones. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's a broken bone here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, so you were able to participate in, in college. Yeah, uh, I did. Doing that. I did. It was a lot of fun. So we, we uh, I think the Miami team. I went to Miami, and they, uh, I think they're they're pretty darn good nowadays. I get these random emails sometimes, alumni emails or whatever, and. So rugby is starting to take off at the college level. Yeah. We'll see. I feel like it hasn't. So not very big in Cincinnati High School, but mm-hmm. we'll see. When you look at your time here again over the last last sixteen years, what, what's something you're really proud of that you've seen either from our students, from the school situation, or just your own personal mm-hmm. uh, accomplishment or uh, experience? I think our students are really adept at at handling adversity probably more so than they give themselves credit for. And I think COVID obviously has shown us that in a big, big way. Um, but but even pre-COVID, I think that was the, the resiliency of Turpin students really stood out to me. Some of the things I'm more proud of are 
the racial diversity day that we do. I think that's a good one day voluntary event to have kids eyes opened in, in various ways. Um, and I've enjoyed senior week planning that and who knows what that'll look like going forward but it's coming back i know <laughs> hopefully no yeah. restrictions the yeah. last couple of years throwing a wrench in that obviously but it's it's been fun and that's that's been a way for me to kind of act on my own passions outside of the classroom um use skills and stretch myself in ways that i don't in the classroom context have to to rely on or utilize so those have been fun too for me professionally well, let me tell you, we sure do uh, appreciate you being part of Turpin. Uh, our kids are very lucky and fortunate to have an instructor like you that puts a lot of effort and time into developing those relationships and, and, and building those bonds uh, with students, um, helping them uh, grow not only as a, as a student and as a learner, um, but as a human being. And so we appreciate your time and efforts in, in making that happen. Uh, appreciate you being here on, on Turpin Talk. Um, and wish you nothing but the best this rest of, of this year. Sorry yeah, to believe we're already we're, we're getting ready to start our second semester. Um, but again, hope, hope it turns out to be a, a great year for you. Thanks. Uh -huh. Happy to do it. Thank you.